Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. White guys! White guys talking about movies! Yeah, we are the bo- only We are the podcast. only podcast about white dudes <laughs> talking about movies! Mmm. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just saw everything. Everywhere. everywhere. All at all once. All at once. We saw all it all, once. Dave. We saw it all. All media. I'm not your husband. I'm another version of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. A whole time to help you. Across the multiverse. I've seen thousands of Evelyns. All their memories, their emotions, even their skills. This is a movie that's it uh, is. It, it it's been out for a while. I actually saw it like last week, mm-hmm. and then I watched it again this morning. It um, I think it's, it's excusable. A, yeah, it's been gaining more and more theaters each week. Yeah, 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 and it's I think it's gaining more as it goes. Uh, and so like people are beginning to talk about it. It was either this or ambulance, and I had been waiting to talk about this. And quite frankly, I don't know. I'm very on, the, not even on the fence. I'm very like a little done with Michael Bay yeah. and his like After, recklessness. It's not even just, not just the re- like the recklessness aside. I don't care about human life. I think I've gone on record as yeah, saying that many, fair. many times. Uh, it, kill as many people as you need to, to make Transformers by all means. Sure. My problem with Michael Bay is that his movies suck now. Yeah, they uh, also Six Underground right. is one of the worst films I've ever seen because it is gibberish. That movie yeah, is incomprehensible. I, here's the other uh, I know we're not talking about this, but or that's not what this is about, but like I I do believe that in a if a director makes a couple shitty movies, it's like, "All right, I'll give him another chance." Yeah. He's made like six terrible Transformers, mm-hmm. and so at this point it's like, "You've had so many chances." He's uh, made he's it, made like three good movies and uh, a real phantasmagoria of the worst movies exactly and a so real kaleidoscope I, like, of awfulness yeah it's it's fool me 10 times yeah <laughs> shame on me so we're talking about this this is um uh the daniels who made swiss army man a film i had not seen i haven't seen it either uh, yeah 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 i i'm i guess i'll have to although i i know there are people who didn't like swiss army man like this movie uh this is um yeah, uh, uh, it's the multiverse movie. Uh, you probably don't know much about it. It's best, I think, not knowing much about it going into it. Yeah. And I've kind of made my feelings known. So, Tom, how did you like this film? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was mostly pretty good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was mostly pretty good. I don't think it's great. That's fair. Um, but I liked it a lot. Uh, and I'm glad that it's gaining more traction. Uh, you know, I saw in the producer's credits that it's executive produced by the Russo brothers. So like, of course it's going to gain momentum, but that's not a bad thing. That's like, 
I want big filmmakers like the Russo brothers to back smaller movies like this and get them seen by more people. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's yeah. I mostly liked it. Yeah. I, I am a big fan of seeing a movie like this existing because this for me is very much the type of movies I've always wanted to make. Uh, And I would say I never had, I I, I guess I'll, I'll frame it as I never had the talent. Or like I never w- never could fully realize like, a concept like this, which is something that is both extremely weird, justifies its weirdness. Uh, I would argue all the weirdness is justified. It's not random for the sake of being random. There's one moment uh, that oh, okay. There's one moment that kind of pissed me off, <laughs> but the rest of it. Well, is, we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it and the fact that it can be so weird and then also so emotional. Yes. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. And then they can have fucking action in it. And on top of it, short rounds there. Just killing it. Yeah. He's great. Jonathan yeah. K. Kwan. And then, of yeah. course, Michelle Yeoh he's, is he's actually great. He's actually going by Ki Hoi Kwan, Kwan now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, so I was reading a brief thing about him is that he kind of fizzled out of acting because it was kind of like he didn't feel represented, too. I, like he I don't. Uh, yeah that's very yeah. easy to see yeah yeah uh, don't, and, don't doubt and, that yeah because he's a as a child actor he was a tremendous talent and in the back of my head i always just assumed eh, you know the child actors they don't go on to do anything um but he did like as a teen try uh change his name to jonathan to get more like roles and then like vanished for 20 years mm-hmm. he's been gone for 20 years and seeing him in this it's like holy shit he's so fucking good uh yeah it's just such a delight to see him yeah in this yeah uh yeah this is uh, so should we explain i'm gonna just say to people i think personally people should just see this movie yeah uh, and not listen to the podcast all you really need to know going in is that it's what you learned from the trailer if you've not seen the trailer yet it's that it's michelle yo uh running a laundromat with her family she feels like she's stuck uh and then a different version of her husband comes to tell her you're actually like the key to saving the multiverse. You must tap into the skills of your other multiverse selves to help us. Right. As it's Michelle uh, Yeoh it, it, into the Michelle Yeoh-universe. Yeah. It should be noted that when a different version of her husband, it's her regular husband suddenly just changes his demeanor, takes off his glasses, and yes. is acting like a different person. Yeah. Because the idea is everybody's quantum leaping. Yes. Um, and what the movie does that I really like is there's rules to the multiverse and it's silly, it's stupid, but it, it's rules nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you the rules until a little later. So they're doing things that you're like, why are they doing that? Yeah. Why is he eating that chapstick? Mm-hmm. Which is the idea that like, yeah, there was one universe that, uh, was the first universe to develop multiverse travel, uh, and they learned that in order to, you can gain the abilities of other versions of yourselves, but the farther you go into like the multiverse, like deviations that go way farther than your regular life, you know, the idea that life is a series of choices and they branch off. So like she has to like, so in order to get into a world where you're say a martial arts master and you're not that at all, you have to do something incredibly weird to slingshot yourself to that point, which is a, gr- a great way of saying that they've created a device that allows people to do really fucking weird shit yeah. uh, throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. 
which causes a fight where two men have uh, things up their asses. Yes, they have yeah. two. They have <laughs> phallic <laughs> statues up their asses. One of yeah. them is just so clearly a butt plug that yeah. when Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> first displays her trophies that uh, that just look like butt plugs, I was just like, those are just butt plugs. Yeah, and then lo and behold. A man yeah. sits on them to unlock his potential later. Yeah. It's a movie that, knowing what I know about Swiss Army Man, it's like there, there's a bit of them that are, they're idiots in a good way. Like, they like stupid humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like gross out humor. And so watching this movie, I don't know what the audience was like for you, but both times I've seen it, it was the audience, it was, they were reacting the same way watching Jackass, where people were hollering and laughing and like going oh god you know like shit like that there was a the audiences like when every both times when the credits rolled the audiences were all like woof like everybody kind of like let out noises and was rather stunned because it's quite a fucking ride uh as a film it's it's both weird and oddly like accessible yeah does that make sense yeah uh where it i i guess what what it what it made me think about is that as we grow as a society, we're able to handle more and more complex ideas in films, right? Sci-fi just does that to us, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, we were doing stuff about space travel, time travel. Now we're talking about multiverse. And so the movie, like, capitalizes on that by being really fast-moving uh, and really whiplashy, uh, where it takes you... In some instances. <laughs> sure, yeah. But it takes you... It will take you from... It, it, I mean, fast moving, I guess, emotionally, where it takes you from these moments where it's like her husband is crying because their their relationship is failing to like, you know, hot dog fingers. Yeah. Uh, and then and then making you feel for the hot dog fingers world. Like, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like that the, the, the general theme of the movie is about the absurdness of life and how people are absurd and silly. And it's all about kind of just being kind to people and accepting that everybody uh, has the right to feel something and is a human. Yeah, everybody has their own symphony of choices that yeah. uh, choices and experiences that led them to this exact moment. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a meditation on a lot of different things about the nature of existence, but sort of like when it's it's like a meditation on how it how to get around like an existential crisis i think is like ultimately what it's about because it's like well what yeah. is the what is the meaning of life if everything ends and the meaning of well not necessarily the meaning of life but the value of life is in the fact that everything ends exactly like, it's not it's not joy versus nihilism right. it's joy out through nihilism right they make a good such a good one of the things the movie's most profound statements um in addition to saying well the fact that life is fleeting is what makes it so valuable but that's like that's not really like a profound i mean it is a profound idea but it's a familiar one yeah um the idea where we finally are shown her husband wayman's worth that she's been overlooking her whole life oh, where it's such a good moment you yeah. think his you think the reason because he's nice to a fault like he's nice almost to his own detriment sometimes just because he's trying to minimize conflict and keep everybody happy and and, you know uh yeah 
but he very in he he just explains to her one version of him explains to her look be this is not i'm not like some naive idiot i am making a, a an active choice like i'm deciding to be nice in the face of all of this yeah he says this is how i fight this is how i fight yeah this is you this consider is, yourself yeah. a fighter i'm mm-hmm. also a fighter i'm not some like naive idiot i have yeah i have making the choice yeah to be kind in an unkind world. Yeah. That's how I survive. Mm-hmm. And they set that up because what happens when she, so at the beginning, it's her going with her family to be, I believe audited mm-hmm. uh, by Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis and Jamie <laughs> Lee great. Curtis. Yeah. Who is killing it. Everybody's so firing on all cylinders in this movie. Yeah. You can tell uh, this was just like a, a movie, like an idea and a story that just really spoke to, everybody in this movie because they're doing yeah. things like every all all the main actors uh jamie lee and michelle yo and kei kwan they're all doing things that we've not really seen them do before yeah is the is the daughter kwan no kei hui kei hui kwan his name sorry no no that's yeah that's short round yeah um who's the, the daughter like yeah the, you're right everybody's doing a thing yeah i, I was just I gonna point out that i, I love I, that I the daughter yeah, I'm not too sure. I guess I'm not that... Fr- I know I've seen her before. I know she does in a lot of yes. TV, but I'm not as familiar with her career. Yeah. She does things like she's singing and shit like that. Yeah. And, like, there's... there's that. I think every actor saw, like, hey, do you want to play a role where you're swapping constant multiverse versions mm-hmm. of yourself? And it's like, you mean play, like, six different characters? Yes. Like, every actor would want to do this mm-hmm. uh, because they're all... Yeah, they're all killing it and you get for to that be reason. Silly and surreal, but also yeah. they all get these really powerful emotional scenes. That's the other thing. The point of the film is that everybody matters. Mm-hmm. So characters that you that are treated like two dimensionally are at least given some moment where it shows what they want mm-hmm. and what they in them getting what they want. Um so just going back to so they're talking to Jamie Lee Curtis and getting audited and she's being distracted because she's getting pulled into the multiverse and she her husband talks is talking to Jamie Lee Curtis and she can't hear it and she's just like oh my silly husband's gonna make it worse and then Jamie Lee Curtis is like okay you have one more chance and and that that you learn that's set up and then at the end he does it again in an even more impossible scenario yep and that's when she's like, wait, you just talked to them? And that's when we realize he's kind of the key the whole movie. Yeah. And he's treated as like, he's treated as whenever he turns into the badass multiverse version, she's like thankful. And when he goes back, she's like, oh, it's you again. Like that idea is he's but, constantly but dismissed. He, but he's still the same guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It takes her a long time to figure that out. Yeah. But yeah, they start at the beginning, even even earlier than that scene where he's she starts berating him for making the cookies for Jamie Lee Curtis. Like the previous, like, I don't know why you made that lady cookies. She's terrible to us. It's like, well, right. I'm, I'm keeping us like, I'm keeping us afloat by making yeah. her cookies. Yeah. Later. She's like, thanks for the cookies. They're delicious. Yeah. Like um, I'm, I'm forming human connections with, with people. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the whole arc is about that. I, cause we haven't gotten into the plot too much. And cause I'm just kind of hoping the people listening have seen it. But like uh, that is that the whole arc to me is that it's it's the Patton Oswalt quote about it's chaos, chaos be, kind, be kind or yeah be, be, be nice it's, yeah that's basically the movie which is like yeah nothing matters uh, so it's like yeah you could just crawl into a dark hole into an everything bagel 
or you could fucking choose to just be kind to people and just get through it that way and find each other as best you can and that's what it's all about you could say it's about family but it's not necessarily family not not necessarily but it's it's that idea coupled with a couple of other ideas the other big one is the moment where she's ready to let her daughter pass into oblivion and her daughter is still like that that's the main conflict is nihilism versus life has meaning is no it doesn't look at how everything ends there's it's so absurd it's all stupid i just don't want to exist anymore so i can cut out all this noise and so i don't feel so sad all the time um and she her, her daughter says um like what's the point it's every every good thing that you like you can like she michelle yo sees in the different universes that these nice sweet moments are very fleeting uh, but then she says, right. well, like her daughter is like, well, there's only a couple of microseconds that you're clinging to. Like, that's why you want to continue to exist in all of this. And she's like, well, yeah, if those two microseconds are all that I get, then I am going to cherish those seconds. Right. And so it's yeah. that it's that idea, too. And it's not just to be kind in the face of, of wild chaos. It's finding the value in the impermanence of things. Yeah. And I can't stress this enough. This is all in a film where two guys stick uh, statues or awards up their asses and a woman wields a dog like a ninja weapon. <laughs> where uh, Jenny Slate wields Jenny a dog Slate. like a yeah. ninja weapon. She wields and a the, dog like Go-Go and Kill Bill. Yeah. Yes. There's a few. The fanny pack as well. It was mm, just like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah. Where they, Again, it's, it's kind of the point, though, is that it's everything mm-hmm. <laughs> as the title uh says like it's all the things it's all the absurdities including beating up two security cards with rubber dicks like it's just it's it's it manages to to kind of include all the uh, all the absurdities with all the emotions mm-hmm. and that's a tall order like that's really impressive to me uh how much they were able to do in within this parameters within this message like it's a big swing this movie's a huge swing yes it is uh and yeah i i'm sort of enamored with it i i can understand that there could be like issues with it and stuff like that i'm i'm fascinated to know what you're gonna say there's one like thing going around about it on the internet oh yeah involving jenny slate which is and, and this didn't even occur to me this didn't occur to hannah i was talking to her is that and I, I honestly Is think in order to make, thing? yeah, it's the big nose thing yeah. that it's an, a Jewish actress. Yep. Um, I was talking to Hannah about this. It's she's not presented as like like at no point do they say she's Jewish. It's a Jewish actress, but she's playing like just kind of a basic white chick. Like she's she's not like she, it, she's it, she's playing aloof Hollywood chick. Yeah, and so it's like I think it's reductive to frame it that way, but I see what people why people would be bothered by that for sure yeah um i also think it's kind of the point is that michelle yo's character she we're not is a, is a shit she's in the beginning yeah it's you need to like that's hmm. it's ignoring a lot of context yes <laughs> like it's the same uh, yeah it's a it's a it's, it's you have to ignore a lot of the ideas and themes and context of the film to reduce it to that. I mean, it's and within that's why it's that's like it's within a scene where she's literally shaming her daughter for being in her eyes overweight and being gay. 
Exactly. Like, you have to ignore like, that entire aspect of that scene. Like, she sucks right. in that scene. It's sort of that thing where it's like... She's being... It, it, it's she's, a very... And it, it's, it's within the theme of the movie, too. She's reducing Jenny Slate's entire existence Into down a to nose. a cruel shorthand for her based on her physical exactly. appearance. Exactly. Um, and it's th- yeah. it's literally the point. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it, it's a very film Twitter observation yes. to be like this is problematic. It's like it's like the idea of when they when they're like have you ever seen like think pieces about villains be, uh, being like oh yeah the ones where it's like is Tony Soprano problematic and it's like yeah. yeah. Yes he is. <laughs> that's literally there's, there's, the point of Tony Soprano. There's a big problem that I've noticed in when I was uh, editing for Collider uh, and just some of the submissions we get, and there's some of the garbage takes you'll see on on film social media where uh, people are having a real time d- differentiating between uh, uh, um, presenting something is not condoning it. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of that where it, it's it, it's just it's again like, it, reductive. It, it, it's yeah. a very it's a really obtuse interpretation of something that you have to ignore a lot of context what it reminded me of is i don't think it's that new because it reminded me of when terminator 3 came out and there was some heat that arnold schwarzenegger was beating up a woman in that film and it was like it's a robot it's a killer robot yeah, <laughs> yeah it's i didn't a killer see robot, i didn't see guys. any of those takes yeah now, there was a bit of that and it was like <laughs> what are you what are you guys talking about so i think fucking it's robot yeah and i think it's more toward um it's a, it's a very childish thing. I think it's, it's, it's what we were ranting about in like t- t- the tomorrow war where it's like, uh, we're getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but like, okay. Yeah. So like if you're, if you're just consuming four quadrant bullshit from Disney the whole time, then you will not understand that sometimes protagonists are flawed. Right. Sometimes, Some, yeah. sometimes protagonists aren't even good people like right. in the Sopranos. Yeah. Or like a Scorsese movie. Yeah. Where, yeah. We've gotten too used to the idea of like the cool anti-hero too. sometimes. It's just automatically good. Just like, right. like saintly good. And it's, well, no, people are flawed and yeah, interesting exactly. stories tend to involve flawed characters. Exactly. And not necessarily doing it by condoning them sometimes like this is about her growing yeah that's the whole point she's a flawed character who goes Mm -hmm. through an arc so yeah it's it's a little it's a it's a little silly especially since that laundromat scene it's a group of people who are all being like she's not seeing them as people that's kind of the point yeah and then at the end uh, all those actors including the the that actress uh what's her name jenny slate Slate. jenny slate you don't know jenny Uh, slate I know, I know the the face, and I don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, she's on SNL, Big Mouth. See, I don't Venom. watch SNL. Okay. She's in Venom. Yeah, she's in Venom. Oh, good for her. <laughs> anyway. See that? See SNL. That Big, the, Mouth? Big Mouth. She's on, she was on Big Mouth for a while. They. Yeah, but that's cartoon characters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. But anyway, anyway. Uh. Uh. She's one of many people. Yeah. Who then at the end you see come back um at least a fraction of a bit and you show that like oh yeah these are humans uh yeah like the the like the weird the weird kind of creepy dude who's like your perfume reminds me of my wife uh and then that gets brought back and shit like that it's all about yeah it's about the fact that yeah everybody is somebody jamie lee curtis the best thing they do with her character because they present her like a fucking monster at yeah, first yeah she's just awful yeah and then she literally turns into like 
uh, uh, when she gets like possessed by her multiverse self, is she turns into like a big pro, obstacle. A pro wrestling ogre. Yeah. It's very fun. She drop kicks a short round like fucking twenty five feet. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, at the end, then, it's yeah. about compassion towards her. I like that. That was a slow reveal too. Sort of like the how her husband is actually doing fighting just as fighting where she is not fighting she's kind of given up right Uh, and she she mistakes his kindness for not fighting but so we learn that like there's a we learn that in order for her to get to her martial arts universe she has to tell jamie lee curtis i love you and she has to mean it and then that starts to build into this the hot dog finger universe where they are together they're in a relationship i loved that and the rakakui the rakakui um because they're both presented as look at how silly these worlds are and then you become invested in the worlds Mm -hmm. and then you feel compassion for the characters where you're like oh i want him to get his raccoon back yeah and again that's all part of the theme which is like we're gonna blast you with the most absurd ideas and thoughts and then we're gonna like humanize it all yeah uh and that's just oh really fucking smart yeah so bringing that stuff up is I'll start there because I have two things that sort of struck me as I was watching it that prevent prevented me from calling it a great film. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this. Um, and this, so this this first one I'll I'll start with. It's a very it's the more minor of the two. It's it's pre, it's it's almost it's extremely minor. I didn't even sure. really flag this. I was like, well, okay, you just want to have your cake and eat it too. And in a movie like this, that's fine. Um, they are very specific. Um, you mentioned Quantum Leap. Uh, the rules are specific to that level of specificity, where it's like they present the idea of the multiverse as sp- specifically being a product of the innumerable, or I- not innumerable, incalculable number of decisions you make uh, to bring you to the person you are. And so that's the existence of the multiverse is representing all of the different choices you can make. That's why there's an infinite number of them. But right. so they say... At one point, her husband says to her, we've been alive. Like, think of how many different universes, how many different possibilities of us, of the two of us exist for people who have lived whole lifetimes, because they're both in their 50s. I think Michelle Yeoh might even be a little bit older. Yeah. Um, so, but they're like, they're, they're very clearly, solidly middle age, going on into old age. So, that, so they, they established the idea that the multiverse exists because it is this infinite pattern or tapestry rather of choices that are possible for us to make so then why would there be universes where we have hot dog fingers where we exist as animated characters where we're pinatas etc etc that is not a possibility of choices we can make that's just you want to have surreal weird universes well, okay I'm, I'm gonna so i think you're half right i think the world where they're pin well here okay here's the other factor that also I think the universe blind. where they're back in time in like feudal china Oh yeah, well, here, okay. So here's again, uh, here's my uh, rebuttal to that. I don't, I can't justify the cartoon ones. Uh, what the implication there is, because they briefly, I think they briefly explain it, and then they move on. Which is when they get to the hot dog fingers, they do a quick parody of two thousand one, where the monkey with the hot dog fingers is killing the monkeys with the regular hands, mm-hmm. and the implication is then all evolution sprouted from that right yes so what you can what you can argue is that yes the multiverse is the result of all of our different choices but all of our choices affect each other right so like that is a that is a choice that is 
a, a multiverse where the choice was made early on that that was how our evolution went. And like, that is her version of herself in that world. But like, it's two different factors, right? Like it's a world where that had happened. That wasn't her choice, but that's still like someone's choice in a sure. multiverse branching off. Sure. So I think that, I think that justifies it because it's like, it justifies yeah, it, that. Yeah, and I think not the, not the, the pinatas, not the cartoon, not them well, being the, back in time. Well, back in time, they never say they're back in time, right? Yes, they do. Do her they? Da- her daughter says maybe not in okay different dimensions, but what if what if outside of this time? And then they go back to where they're fighting in like Crouching Tiger times, and it looks very Crouching oh, okay. Tiger. That is that is very weird. That uh-huh. I, I would, again, I, it's an extremely minor. It's just like oh, you just oh, wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah, no, you wanted to do like, the Rick and Morty thing, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't care. I like nitpicking this. I'm. My my only defense would be that the daughter, the idea is that the daughter has fractured her mind and sees all realities at once. Mm-hmm. And like, you could imply that she's not actually bringing them back in time. She's bringing them to a reality that feels back in time to demonstrate that. Um, or that she is, or that time is just very loose for her as well, I guess. I still doesn't justify the pinatas because, well... The, the only last justification I can make is the one line she says that I love, which was like, like, you know, we were sure the sun revolved around the earth and then we thought there was just our universe. Who knows what kind of new shit will make us or new discoveries will make us feel like small pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. And so you could argue that there's like more meso- metaphysical reasons and like spiritual reasons why there'd be a world where they're pinatas, but that's me doing a lot of work for yeah. the movie. So you're doing a lot of work for a movie that already does a lot of work, and that's the segue yes. into my into my biggest problem with the movie um, is that God damn, is there an exposition dump for about forty five minutes? Yeah, I guess, but it's. It's also layered with a lot of fun shit going on. Yeah, um, but it's it's interrupted for me too often by very very long stretches of short round, and then David Lopan, uh, who is her dad. Right. Um, we, never, we haven't talked about him. Um, oh shit! What is his fuck? James Hong. Yeah. Um, where it's just like they're trading off at one point but they just have to deliver pages and pages yes. of exposition telling us how the multiverse works. I don't think nearly all of it was necessary. And it really, it was a struggle to get over that first half for me. Like I, the, mo- the, the movie from basically from kind of the first action scene with her husband, where he beats up people with the fanny pack all the way to, I'd say it's when the villain shows up. Gosh, yeah even even a little bit past that uh to where she first shows up and then they go into the office with the secret door and she has to tie him up it's it's basically all the way up until she has to get them out of the safe in the room by tapping into a multiverse version of herself where she can sing so she has like increased lung capacity so she can hold her breath through all the tear gas that's been shot at them by the SWAT team um, right. So it's a stretch of like 45 minutes where it's just a couple of cool, fun things and then another completely stopping the movie for us to just spit out just, th- it felt like thousands of words of explanation for how all this shit worked. And it That's... it was boring the shit out of me for a while. Wow. 
That's really interesting. I did not notice that. Yeah. I legitimately, and I don't, I, you're not wrong. There's a lot of exposition there. I think I just really enjoyed watching this world unfold because it's all bullshit. That's the other layer of this movie, and they know it when they're making it. It's all silly bullshit. Like, you know, when they show them in their world and they're in the, like, it's like 90s, like Johnny Mnemonic aesthetic, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, yeah, they know this is silly. Yeah. They're trying to make it silly. Um, and I just, I liked that the movie had to do so much work to justify a ridiculous premise. It didn't have um, to do that much work as my, but, as my well, that's what Yeah, that's what I was getting at, getting at, is that you're right that it probably didn't have to. And in fact, some of the times there's a part where he explains like where they have to do bizarre shit to slingshot. And she's like, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, exactly. Yeah. And that, that they kind of could fall on that a little more if they wanted to, for sure. Um, I enjoyed all the stupid exposition. I can't even justify why I just, I was very enamored with the movie from start to finish. And I think it had to do with the performances Mm-hmm. And just the the joy of the weirdness of the sequences between those expositions. I felt like it um, took too long for the movie to really start because yes, it it doesn't I, no, it I, doesn't I really right start there. until after the first hour mark. Having watched it twice, I do think you're right that there's this feeling of pacing in the first half. Yeah, that it it definitely feels like it drags a little. Um, there's things that I love about it that I feel like maybe they had to do a lot of work to maintain. Mm-hmm. I like that the main timeline, they never leave that building. Nope. I love that about it. I love that they never get out of the fucking building. Uh, and yet the movie feels huge because of all the places you go. Um, it's a lot that they're juggling. Doesn't, and I it definitely, doesn't, for me, it doesn't feel huge until, until it starts going around. Well into the movie. And that's kind of the yeah. problem. For me, that's like, like, I felt the fact that they were not leaving this IRS building for over an hour. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I really felt that. I, I definitely felt that there were pacing issues in the first half. That it, it felt, uh, it, it, it slows down for sure. Uh, it's not that it slows down, it's it starts slow. Yeah, I guess you're right. It does start slow. I don't know, watching the, the first scene in the laundromat where she's running around, I couldn't. I I loved that yeah, scene because I it was so that. chaotic. Yeah, and it was um, it was setting I, it's it up. More of perfectly. like once they. Yeah, I I also loved the first part where she first learns about the multiverse, and it's two people being like, "There's nothing more important than the conversation we're having right now." Yeah, I love that shit. Um, I think it's really like it. It does include some of the fight scenes. I think it is like it's it's kind of that part where she's not the one yet. You know where yeah, he I, leaves. I think that's where it drags a bit where it's like, it's kind of spinning its wheels at that point and it could condense it a bit there. Yeah. It's like, it felt a lot to me like the matrix, like trying to rewatch the matrix because once, once you know what the game is, the first half of the matrix is a fucking slog. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, just get, just Just start kicking each other. Figure it out. Like I have already figured this out. And like at this point, Rick and Morty's been one of the biggest animated comedies, anyway, on TV for several years. Into the Spider-Verse, one of the biggest movies of all time. Uh, uh, And the fucking Far From Home, another one of the biggest movies of all time. Like, we understand a lot about the multiverse in, in, in pop culture terms, so we really don't need this much explanation. Yeah. Like, we already understood it going into the movie. 
So from a critical eye, what I think I would cut down is the alpha world and like um, needing to know about their world. Yeah. Because I think obviously you have to explain the multiverse even quickly for just people. Um, you're right, though, is that I, I didn't feel like they spent a lot of time explaining what a multiverse is. No. Um, but they sort of explain the, the mechanics of their end. It's just like, I don't know if I it, it's all silly bullshit. Uh, I don't need to know too much there. Uh, yeah, it just, I, it, I think they had to explain the slingshotting only because otherwise we don't get, you know, people sticking things up their butts. Like they needed yeah. to explain. I'm glad they like, I like how they rolled that out where he's chewing used mm-hmm. gum and you're like, what the fuck is he doing? And then he has to give himself paper cuts and yeah. it's like, Oh, what the fuck? And then you learn, you finally learn what they're doing. And that's, I had a, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, there's obviously there's things that they needed to let us know. It just felt like there was so much setup. Like it, it, the movie truly, like I'm not exaggerating, it does not start until like the hour, hour mark. It's kind of yeah, when it like, I mean, really starts. Pl- it does plenty of stuff yeah. before that. It's it felt, like the fanny I, pack fight. They do stuff that I think they were aware of that, and yeah. they did stuff to try to, uh, to amend that. Whereas it. they but have the, short round kind of be the action guy at first. And then it gets passed on the, to Michelle Yeoh. The, the the other side of that coin, though, is that it just makes it take longer by adding that stuff in. Right. Um, I had a bit of an edge on the uh, the doing weird shit. Um, like, because, yeah, I had, did have, like, the... Uh, when, he, when he eats the chapstick, I was like, what the... F-? Like, I did not understand what was happening. Or eats the gum off the underside of the desk. But as soon as, like, he's talking to his people and his, his guys in the van, as it were... And they're telling them, okay, like the best probability, here's the best probability. Give yourself paper cuts. Like I kind of figured that out just based on that because of an anime I watched. (laughs) (laughs) It's an anime called Darker Than Black where it's people have these powers and the way that they do these powers is they have to do something called an obeisance. So it's like, yeah, they have these incredible mutant powers, but every time they, in order to use it, they have to do something really strange. Like one guy has to eat a shitload in order to use his power. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. So like I, like I almost said, I think I might have even said aloud in the theater to myself, "Was like, oh, it's he's doing an obeisance." Right. <laughs> it's a great concept. Yeah, and it makes sense yeah. because it's like it deals with the probability and it ties it. it right. It, it ties in with the idea of like infinite choices. Right, I would say it makes as much sense as it needs to. Well, and then they you they know? use it they use it to establish an important theme and story beat by having the first thing Michelle Yeoh has to do is tell Jamie Lee Curtis I love you. Right. That that was so good. I yeah. love that there's certain things like that. That watching this a second time, there's so much more intent that I didn't notice. Yeah. Um this this is a little one and all movies love to do this when they're first talking about the villain, about the daughter um they're in the break room and she's holding an everything bagel mm-hmm. because yeah they're eating bagels like little things like that where it's like oh you 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 were doing you're doing stuff you're, you're making a movie yeah. i love that <laughs> i love that you're making yeah. a movie I, I, I just get so delighted when i watch a movie and i i feel like there's intent behind it right and i think i can't i i can't stress how important that is because a movie like this I think could have rubbed me the wrong way really easily. Yes. Cause I do not like it when a filmmaker's like, look how random I am. It's why um, I don't uh, like a, like a, this movie has a little bit of similar DNA to something like Kung Fu hustle or like Shaolin soccer. 
A oh, little, a little bit, well, and they, I, I oh, do I, not like those movies. Oh, I would argue it has a huge amount of DNA. The part where she meets the villain daughter for the first time, they're literally doing cartoon sounds yeah. and cartoon music. Yeah, and um, and yes, I'm at this. I'm I don't hate Kung Fu Hustle or Shaolin Soccer, but it's not my favorite. Uh, yeah, I just, didn't, I just, I just yeah. did not like them. So. Right, and I don't like anything that's trying too hard to be random. Yeah. To like be like, oh, look how wild we are. And what makes this movie really fucking work is that all of that is justified. Most uh, of it. There's, I mentioned one earlier that kind of pissed me off. And that was this was the moment of the movie where I, 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 like my brain kind of clicked um, and the movie almost lost me because I started thinking about it is taking a long time for this to get going. It's right. when James Hong's wheelchair suddenly goes 100 miles an hour and knocks Joy into the wall. <laughs> I'm like, right. well, that, that doesn't, doesn't make, make any fucking sense. That doesn't make any sense. And then, and then, and then, I think Michelle Yeoh literally says, like, in this delivery, Alpha Gong Gong, because like, there's the idea <laughs> yeah. that like, there's alpha versions of them all, and like, he's actually the big boss. I was like, okay, like the movie almost lost me there. That's really funny. Yeah, because that that legit doesn't make any sense in the rules of the movie, which yeah. is that why would his wheelchair also? Why change? would that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, we've established at this point, at this point, that Joy is the only person who can bend reality. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the whole point. Yeah. That's the uh, whole point. Yeah. That is, I would call, the biggest plot hole of the movie in a movie that. But th- again, this is, I guess, that's why. So going back to the randomness and why this movie works is because being random is a really easy way to protect yourself from plot holes. Yes. And this movie holds itself to the standards that I can legitimately say, that's a plot hole. You did that wrong. That's a plot hole. Because you, you, are, you are doing the work. Uh, and so, like, I really, really appreciate the fact that they're doing the work. Mm-hmm. That almost everything is motivated, uh, despite how fucking weird it all is. Yeah. And that's, like, the only moment. Like I said, it did almost lose me. But, I, yeah, I... I it got me back. It got me back. And there's there's something towards the end that I think might explain it, but it's not super clear. When he when James Hong stands up out of his wheelchair to help them hold joy from getting sucked into the everything bagel, he has all these like kind of uh, MacGyvered pieces of office equipment that are allowing him to walk. So maybe the idea oh. is that he like souped up his wheelchair, but it's super, super unclear. And when we're in the middle of a movie where like we just got finished with a sequence of how this character, this specific character can bend reality and it's threatening all of existence to have him right. suddenly rocket through on a chair with no explanation for the next hour. Right. You are right, though, is I think that is legitimately what that's supposed to I be. I think that's what it's supposed to be, but it was super not clear at the time, yeah. nor for a great stretch of the movie was it clear. Yeah. It's, this isn't a defense of the movie, but it's possible they cut some stuff out. Sure. But obviously, like it's not in the movie, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I do think that's what happens. You're right, because the look of his wheelchair is... I was trying to figure out what it is, and yeah, it's all office equipment. I yeah. think that's... I actually think that's, what happened I think that's the idea but super unclear it was a, yeah. it happened at the exact wrong moment for me yeah, anyways yeah, yeah. that I, it's just, it really was like well wait a minute <laughs> can he do it too like that's the first thing i thought and i imagine given the context of the scene that's probably the first thing a lot of people thought when that happened right, like, wait right. can he bend reality too what the fuck 
Yeah, that one moment, I would say, in general, is a tough moment, because what they were trying to do is they're trying to get them away from the villain. Yes. I think there's, it's two things. I think it's really smart that they have that moment, which is like, that's the other thing about this film is it's structured. Uh, It has the structure of like a superhero or martial arts or any action film where it's like, yeah, you introduce the villain early, they kick the hero's ass. Yeah. And that's what that moment is, but you have to get them then away from the villain. And if they're so powerful, so they had to do something. And uh, uh, like they and then they realize they introduce this character who becomes important. So it's like a good moment for that, for a character to swoop in and save them. But you're right that it, it's very yeah, that is very abrupt and weird. Yep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was still I was still completely enamored by this film from start to finish. So like I can't really say I looked at it much with a critical eye uh, because I I just I just again it, it's extremely my shit. Like on top of the fact that I think the movie's good, yeah, it's just also extremely my shit. Yeah, uh, and it, it and it's it's funny how like ra- like randomness like that can be extremely not my shit if it's not motivated. Oh, yeah. I'll also say, you mentioned Rick and Morty. This kicks Rick and Morty's ass in, in terms of messaging, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, me- yeah. Rick and Morty goes hard into nihilism, and that's valid. That's, you know, that's it's a valid, valid but this, viewpoint, but it's also very selfish. Yeah, and this movie kind of just pats that nihilism on the head and points out, like, in, in like, that's what I liked about the message is the fact that they embrace nihilism and include it within it and they recognize it. They mm-hmm. don't turn away. It's not stupidly optimistic. No. Um, and I really appreciate that because that is, it's taking something that seems like a real edgy truth, like the Rick and Morty stuff, and then layering another truth on top of it to show like, yeah, that's not shit. Like that edgy yeah. teen nihilism. <laughs> it's it's I'm 16 and this is deep or however old yeah. it is. It's like you're are you really think you're the first person to stumble upon this existentialism? Exactly. Yeah. And so this movie takes that, starts with it, and then fucking yeah, demolishes it's, it's, it. It's it's that just that just real profound moment with uh with a uh, short round. Um. Yeah. About like I am making an active decision to do this. Like that's the you know right. There are so many fucking tear-jerking moments in this. Yeah. It's out of control. And it's like joy crying, it's sad crying, and then it's cry laughing, depending on your sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, it's so much. Um, it, it, it's, I'm just like, I'm, I'm very happy that people were went along with this film. Yeah. Because, again, big asks, big swings. Yeah. It it's takes a, a dog yeah. and it swings it around and the dog flies and collides with an object. Yep. Um, they make it so that the dog is is like into it, I guess. It's part of the weapon is the dog like attacks when it hits. But it's like, that's a grotesque thing to do. But it's done in such a cartoony way that it's like, yeah, it reminds me of like an idle hands when he where swings he the, cat the cat by the tail. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's like clearly a dummy cat. It's, it's Looney that Tunes. where it's like, yeah, it's Looney Tunes. They're doing Looney Tunes slapstick. Yeah. Uh, and so like that combination of de- like emotional moments, ridiculous slapstick, gross out humor and flinch humor, the, the fucking paper cuts. It's like, I don't want to see that um, coupled with incredible performances, profound messages and a deeply emotional scenes. Like, god damn, that's yeah. a lot of moving parts. It is. It's a, this is a very good movie. Yeah, for as uh, it's good for what it's 
for the fact that it's dealing with so much stuff um like i'm jealous of this movie that it was able to balance that stuff as well as it is doing and i'm sure some people hate this movie but like the fact that most people like it Mm -hmm. is like wow like that's an accomplishment like to make a movie this fucking weird that everybody's sort of embracing yeah uh yeah i'm 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 out of things to say yeah i'm just generally impressed by this film i need to see swiss army man although i hear that that movie is not nearly i think i think that movie i haven't heard much about it but that's a more divisive movie is what i'll say that is Uh, my impression of it as well yeah i think that movie was a little more like gross out and less more um, uh, the, the the impression that i get uh, the, the, my understanding of that film is it's a little more uh absurd yeah also michelle yo i i see her as like a like a really respectable actress you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh so, so to see her doing like naked gun level slapstick yeah <laughs> it was like what it was like it was really it was it was delightful she's Delight. also she's also such a screen presence that i do occasionally forget she's a fucking ninja (laughs) it's like all right she's a martial artist right and they work that into this (laughs) so well it's they work it in like the movie the one does where it's like oh i'm an everyman and it's like i know you're not an everyman you're jetly (laughs) oh i just or the tuxedo i think is the other where they're like oh i know kung fu suddenly it's like i know you've always known kung fu yeah (laughs) i've seen the shit you do yeah like I think, uh, I, like well, Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh are <laughs> better at disappearing into those kinds of roles than Jet Li. <laughs> Jet Li's yes, not absolutely. much of an actor. Absolutely, but yeah, Michelle Yeoh in this, I, it can't be uh, overstated how good she is. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, again, everybody's great. She is. She is that first scene with her. She's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. The whole bit where she, she criticizes people and that's her way of caring about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just oh. She's a treasure. She needs to do more comedy. Uh, fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing more to say about this. Um, well, I have a lot more to say about it, but it's just like repeating how much I liked the yeah. movie. Yeah, I think, we, I think, uh, I think we've done our... Uh, we've fulfilled our obligation. We've fulfilled our obligation, for yeah. sure. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. And Thank you. if you're interested, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash unemployed. If you go on there, there's exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, mm. Fox Mother is a Maniac, Woo. Star Trek The Next Futurama, oh, yeah. Spiel Boys. Mm-hmm. Those are all there for just $5 a month. You get access to all those. Uh, every Friday night, we watch movies with our patrons. That's sure like $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's a lot to love over at our Patreon. There's a whole multiverse of possibilities on our yeah. Patreon. Uh, a similar multiverse exists. Uh, we have a store. Uh, if you want to go to GameplayUnemployed.com, we have a link there to our Teespring store where you can find all kinds of cool original artwork and designs that you can get on T-shirts and stickers and posters and shit. So look at that. Yeah. Do that um, thing. Do that. Would you rather have hot dog fingers or, um, I don't know, a raccoon controlling you? I'd rather have a raccoon pal. Yeah. I Yeah. I, that, wasn't, that wasn't hard. Sorry. Yeah. That's a pretty easy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the universe still seems pretty much like ours, except raccoons are sentient and friendly. Yeah. And oh, want to oh, help oh. me succeed at a hibachi. Okay. Well, that's the thing is only that raccoon. So that's a universe where it's just the one. As far as we know. As far as we know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. This, uh, there could be more blew raccoons. Blew your goddamn mind. <laughs>